cool. Thanks for uh, taking time, Kumar, to uh, talk about hosting a game without uh, thrones. Sure. And nice to be here. Yeah, I'm personally interested because uh, a couple of uh, EU coaches are starting a, are hosting a game without thrones as well in uh, June 20th, so in, in two weeks. So this mm -hmm. might be of interest to them. And at the moment, I'm looking into um, uh, using a, a mind test, which is a Minecraft-like computer game, to host a virtual game without. Uh, yeah, that's really exciting. Uh, love to be a part of that. I'm just not sure if there's time, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. So what's actually good to hear is that you hosted a couple of them already. Um, yeah. So I'm really curious about uh, your experiences. Um, maybe you could start by sharing uh, uh, the context uh, where you uh, helped your uh, hosting. Yeah, games. So both of mine were meetups. Uh, one was in the uh, uh, close to where I live, so I live in the D.C. metro area, um, Washington D.C. And um, uh, unfortunately, that first one was was sparsely attended. Um, the uh, hosting company, uh, the, the, the company that hosts the meetup, they hadn't had a meetup for a couple months and they were looking to get back into a regular rotation of meetup topics and they used my Game Without Thrones as a way to catalyze some, some attendance. And, uh, you know, we got like nine people or so. And so we had, to, we had to sort of play around with the numbers there because there was so few people. We had three squads of three people in each squad um, and we um, um, only used only you know basically used three of the roles three of the uh, six roles um, I believe we had um, uh, the architect the artist and um, a coach or we I think we uh, uh, we still call it a coach so the architect artist and, and a coach for each squad um, uh, surprisingly worked reasonably well even with just small squads like like that they they were still able to get a lot of value out of the rotating council meetings the um, um, the um, chapter meetings themselves where they were proposing features um, uh, all, all of the elements that make up the game without throne we still you know um, um, conducted each of those five ceremonies. Uh, and at the end of it, we had a castle. Um, and the learning was still rich. Um, had there been a full squad, certainly it would have been better. But even with the uh, small numbers of people, we were, we were still able to construct a castle. And for the people that attended, it was very valuable. And where did, um, where did they experience the, the value in that meetup? Oh, did they or how did they? Uh, yeah, how did they? What, what did they? Uh, yeah, so, yeah, so a lot of the comments were around, um, wow, this was really interesting because they, you know, these were all, many of them were coaches themselves that were, that attended the session or scrum masters. And they were involved in other Lego games, you know, like the scrum city game or things like that. And were skeptical that they would be able to build anything without 
um, without some structure in place, like what's, what Scrum imposes, you know, with a product owner and a, a Scrum master and things like that. And what they were struck with was that they were able to do this without any command and control, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not that Scrum imposes command and control, but there's still defined roles, right? A Scrum master facilitates and a, a product owner creates the features. And in this game, in this simulation, it was, yeah, there's still a coach, but they also had a role to play on the team. They were also building. Their metric was throughput and a, a architect's metric was symmetry or whatever it was. And um, you know, each of them had a metric, right, that they were focused on. It didn't take away from the other things that they had to think about in terms of building a castle. Um, and and so in, in that sense, that was a revelation to them, right, during the course of the simulation that, oh, this is interesting that we we can share our feedback and our ideas in the chapter meetings and those features that were proposed, proposed and the treaties that were proposed, um, uh, we, we all have a say in whether we accept the treaty um, and the council prioritizes the features based on um, a rotating, again, you know, it's not a set leadership council, it's a rotating council where everyone gets to play that part. And so they, they really liked that and they were gonna, um, I've actually been in contact with a couple of the, the people from that first meetup just to give them some some further ideas on how to try it within their teams, you know, uh, specifically. So, so, you know, it was certainly could have been better had there been more people, but for the people that were there, it was it was valuable. Yeah, you, you mentioned that um, the council got together to uh, uh, to, the, to prioritize the, the features. Um, how did the uh, common goal of the game, which I believe is like uh, create a castle that uh, unites the houses of Westeros or something along yeah. that lines, how did that goal um, uh, support the people to uh, work together and to get a, a common? Uh, yeah, I think the first the first round was a little uh, sketchy. You know, people were trying to understand what their role was and what the ceremony, the, the, the outcome of the ceremony was. So the, the small council, what is this they supposed to do, right? So <clears throat> it was myself and another facilitator and we were there to help um, help them thinking through the their role, the expectations, things like that. Um, I would say by the second round, they had it down. They were doing a pretty good job of prioritizing the features, you know, priority ones, twos, and others. Um, the, the biggest, um, I'd say the biggest impediment, if you will, was the central table where people couldn't seem to, <laughs> the squads. So the way it works, you have squads build their pieces. And while the small council meeting is um, happening, the squads integrate their features together on the central table. Um, well, people couldn't wait to do that part. They were sort of getting there early, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so um, um, that was one of the things that caused some consternation and grief. Like, well, why can't we do this? We're agile, you know? <laughs> You're putting too many rules, rules on us and things like that. But it was all in fun. 
Um, but I didn't really see any issues with alignment to the common goal, which is to build a castle that unites the peoples of Westeros and, you know, and, and protect the kingdom from the um, uh, Night Riders or whatever they're called, White Riders, uh, White Walkers. White Walkers, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, so it seemed to, they, all, they were, at, at least half of them were not familiar with the, in game, game of Thrones. Um, but they um, seem to sort of have a lot of fun in playing the role that they were playing on the team, architect or artist. And they, they seem to wear that hat really well in terms of I'm an artist, I'm looking for whatever the, the I forget now what the, um, um, their metric was, as an artist was. I think it's symmetry and architect is more volume or something like that. Um, and so the discussions in the chapter meetings were very um, interesting to observe, right? Our, uh, the artist and the group talking about, well, we want it to be you know, symmetrical. We want a tower here and a tower here. And, you know, the features that they came up with were in line with their metric and same with the architects. And, uh, exactly. So more than, than uh, probably track, actually track, tracking the metric, uh, was it was it useful to uh, invite the participants to really play their role? That's right. Yeah, it, we didn't really get to tracking, especially in the first meetup, because there was such a small number of people to tracking the metric. You know, what? How would you? How will you know that the structure is symmetrical, or how will you know? Uh, how will you measure the volume of the the rooms, the interior rooms in the castle? Um, we didn't get there. Um, uh, but there was rich discussion into their role as an architect or an artist. Yeah, or, I can um, imagine that the, the, the purpose of the game is not directly to uh, track those metrics or measure, measure throughput, maybe, but more about the self-organizing. That's right. Of it, really. So if you can get them that's to right. play, the, play the role, then that works into uh, creating uh, perhaps conflicting feature requests. That's right. And that uh, that might lead to, uh, that requires actual self-organization. Yeah, exactly. So the first one was uh, was good. The second one was held in a meetup also in, um, it was it was in a town called Portsmouth, Virginia, which is also Virginia, but a couple of hours south of where I live. So um, uh, that we had 20 people attend. So enough for, actually was it 20? It was, it was, it was, no, it was 18. So exactly three squads of six. Um, uh, so one stream, right? So still three squads, but every role was, um, uh, uh, was taken, right? So we had all six roles on each squad filled. I think we had like 19 people, but the 19th person was this little kid. So uh, he was a four-year-old kid that was just ha having fun playing with Legos. So we didn't count him. <clears throat> and that session was interesting. Uh, similar types of learnings. The first round was a little chaotic, uh, but then as they got the swing of things, things started to move a lot smoother. Um, but interesting insights that came out of it because these were, again, some coaches, some product owners, some scrum masters in this group. And 
uh, one of the insights early, early on uh, was um, it would be better if we had a scrum master in each squad, right? And it would be better if we had a product owner on each squad. But then they were, they were, um, that led to some conversation and debate in the group. This is after the, after the session was over, they built this nice castle. Um, and the conversation was, well, we did sort of have a scrum master. That's what the coach role was. was I, I didn't say this as somebody else in the group. That's what the coach role was for, um, uh, to, to help sort of um, facilitate the conversations and the discussions and the treaty negotiations and the feature building and so on and so forth. Um, and then I'll go, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, we did have that. So maybe maybe that's that's okay. And then about the product owner role, somebody else said, well, we kind of did that. We all did that. We all were product owners and we all sort of were discussing features and proposing features and the council was prioritizing features. So it was interesting that early in the you know, after the session was over and they'd gone through the, the four, uh, the three, the three um, cycles and built their castle and put it together. Um, you know, it would be, it would have been good to have a scrum master and a product owner. And then I didn't say anything. I didn't facilitate it. It was other discussions that came in and said, well, no, actually this is better because we got a variety of input based on the, the different roles that they played architect or meister or or captain or whatever the the roles are and that led to a better set of features that uh, that we prioritize and build through the councils and so i was really happy with that you know i yeah. didn't have to suggest it it just came out of the group and one of the other actually i wrote up um, a post on linkedin about the second session um that, that uh, talked about this um, uh, a little bit about this and how autonomy was hard in the beginning. People were like looking for someone to tell them what to do. But by the, the end of the session, they were functioning like a well-oiled machine. And one of the comments by one of the people said, you know, this session is an example of how um, it refutes the notion of the forming, storming, norming cycle, mm -hmm. right? Because we, this group of people that had never met each other, never worked with each other, were able to, in a very short time, get to a, what they thought was a state of performing. Um, and so it refutes the notion that you have this big dip before you have a, a or, or, or that dip is is um is not so deep right that the really quickly yeah. yeah yeah exactly so but but initially at least autonomy was hard for them to grasp um but once they grasped how they were supposed to work together they were able to quickly get to a state of performance as a team and share their uh, learnings with other team members the one thing that they had they struggled with was treaty, uh, the treaty definitions and treaty adoption. <clears throat> and, um, and I think that uh, in retrospect, I, I would have facilitated that part of it a little bit differently. 
So, you know, treaties come out of the chapter meetings, the chapter participants go back to their squads and they propose the treaties to their squad mates and they decide on how to, um, whether or not to adopt them. Um, that didn't always happen. Right. What would you do? What, what would you do differently? Just make it more explicit. You know, I thought I was explicit enough, but it wasn't the instructions that I gave weren't explicit enough, I think. So um, um, I think that's that's my learning is just to make sure that the, the instructions are crisp. I know that um, uh, Pete put together a new deck and I think I used one that was a little older. And so the flow of the, the slides weren't as crisp as it uh, for that second session. But all in all, I think it was certainly more successful than the first. Again, the number of people, it was a full squad, um, the learning in the group, and those people also have reached out, you know, a few people to ask for more information about how to, you know, about, about, um, uh, about how to incorporate some of these patterns into what they're doing. <clears throat> So all in all, that's there too. With respect to those treaties, I find that interesting as well. Was there was there a set of treaties that you uh, started with, or did you uh, let them let all of them uh, emerge from the group? I'm sorry. Can you repeat the question? Uh, was there, was there a set of treaties that you started with, or um, uh, did you let all the treaties emerge from the? The three, the three what again? The three what again? Treaties. treaties. Oh, the treaties. Yeah, the treaties um, came out of the chapter meetings. Mm -hmm. right? um, and um, if I recall, the coach role, each, 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 um, so each chapter would bring back their treaties to the squad if there was one to bring back right um and would present it to the squad and they would make a decision as to whether to adopt it or not and i think they just weren't clear what to do with them when they came back to their squad what to do with the treaties that were discussed in the chapter meeting that was the hang up and so by the second maybe even the third round they they figured it out, right? I think it was the second round, but I think the instructions could have been clearer at the outset. Okay, go to your chapter meetings. You're gonna talk about the features, you know, based on your metric, um, any treaties that you think are important uh, to propose, bring them back to your squad, discuss them with your squad as to the treaties that you discussed and what you would, be willing to conform to implement um, at the appropriate time. And That's what you, I didn't say. Exactly, and, and for this particular, uh, in a sense, this is a treaty as well, right? So it is. Yeah. It's a treaty that you uh, agree that uh, as a, a squad you can determine new treaties, and the way you do it is by uh, first uh, having the the chapter meeting, uh, propose them, and then ratify them in the uh, squad. Uh, each squad that ratifies them will uh, own up to its treaty. In, in a right. sense, that's, that's, that's a treaty in, it, in itself. 
Correct. Did you post that as, as a treaty or just as a rule for the game that was uh, not up to <clears throat> I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of there uh, implicit as a rule in the game as to when treaties are discussed. Um, and I don't think I did a good enough job of, of uh, making it more explicit when doing the exposition in the beginning of the game. Um, yeah, so that's what I would do differently is just make it more exp explicit. Like this time, you're gonna, you know, as you run through this, the, the uh, slides, the animation, the slides, when you come back, this part of the, the in this time of the ceremony, you know, this time of the, I guess the ceremony, you're gonna be discussing the treaties that, you, that were proposed and deciding which ones to um, implement, right? Um, I think I said it, but I don't think it sunk in. And so I should have, next time I'm, I'm gonna be more aware of that. So when the time happens for them to be discussing their treaties, that's exactly, that should be what they're doing. And if they're not doing it as a facilitator, I will remind them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. So when I think of self-organization, I always, uh, think that there are like two uh, basic conditions necessary. First is a shared goal to uh, self-organize too, so to speak. Yeah. And the and the other one is uh, clear and crisp boundaries where uh, people um, uh, know they can uh, stay in. So, what uh, the, the the goal we already discussed and the, the boundaries are getting clearer to me now as well because the uh, basically, the cycle cycles we have, it's a rule to the game. And it's mm -hmm. one of the few boundaries within which we expect the, the squads to self-organize. And maybe the, the use of treaties is another such boundary. And by putting that in place as a boundary for self-organization, you remove the burden from the group to have to think about uh, that and think about um, that aspect of uh, of the of the game because it's it's given as a rule. They yeah. don't have to think about it, and they uh, can within that construct they can self-organize. Do, does the game provide any additional boundaries in your opinion, besides from the, like the cycle? Well, there's certainly the leadership as a service aspect of it, right? So in the uh, small council meeting. Um, uh, made up of a member of each squad with one of the members being the coach. That coach role provides leadership as a service. So if, this, if that small council cannot reach consensus, then their role is to decide the decider. Mm -hmm. Right, so that is another protocol leadership protocol that they are practicing leadership as a service as part of the small council. Is that, um, is that, is that a boundary for self-organization or is that a practice that is chosen to uh, facilitate decision-making? I think it's both. So it is, it is a practice pattern, leadership as a service, and it is a boundary uh, as you as you've articulated for self-organization because it allows a small council to reach quick decisions. 
right? And yeah. self-organize around, it, it's not the coach making the decision, right? It's the coach deciding who the decider is based on their assessment of who is closest to making the decision, the right decision. Yeah, yeah. So it comes to mind. To my mind now, might be a bit off topic, so please stop me if we're going the wrong direction. Is that leadership as a service? I see it as a as a practice to facilitate decision uh, decision making, and there are other practices uh, for that as well. Like in, you've got like the, the core protocols. I'm not sure yeah. if you're familiar with it, and I, am. I think it, it has the decider decider protocol. It's basically it's a practice to do the same thing. You have to think of. Uh, uh, consent uh, decision making, yeah. which basically is a way for just okay. If if, if there are no if there are not enough people objecting to this, then we are going to do yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> so it might be interesting to uh, to uh, maybe experiment with di different practices and see how that influences the game. Yeah, yeah. So that's a it's a it's a side note. So. But it, it's, it, it is astonishingly uh, few boundaries, right, that are being put into tradition. Yeah, it's really it's very, it's very, um, uh, they're very few and they're quite simple to implement, but the behavior that results is, um, is quite rich. Um, yeah. I, I would say that the leadership as a service in both games that I facilitated didn't really come out. I mean, there wasn't a situation where the coach had to make a decision as to who the decider was going to be. Let's put it that way. One might consider that excellent leadership. <laughs> right. Or just that not conflict hadn't arisen in that group for a, a, a leadership as a service decision yes. to, to come through. Right. Um, I, I think enough cycles, if this had gone more time or in, in a real sort of in a, in, a, in, a, in a more real application of leadership as a service, then I think you'd start to see that come to play and come to the fore where people would see the value of leadership as a service. Uh, however, in both of the games that I facilitated didn't come up, just people were just agreeable. Yeah, yeah that sounds good. Let's go. You know, yeah. <laughs> it was quick consensus decision making. Yeah. yeah but do you have any ideas how to, um, how to uh, uh, induce such a conflict in the group in a, in a playful way. Yeah. yeah, maybe. I mean, I'm thinking that if um, if we were to sort of at least in one of the rounds script some conflict into the group, give one of the roles something to introduce some conflict, just to practice what that would. Um, what might feel like, you know, where leadership as a service is, is exercised, that might be a good way just to have them practice it, you know, and just see how, what would that feel like? What does that look like? Because otherwise, if you don't script it, then it's not going to happen. You know, they're only doing this game three 20 minute rounds. And I don't believe, unless you have a really large group, you know, like the Toronto session where they ran uh, over 100 people. Um, that conflict would arise. Uh, and even then, because they're only there doing this in an hour, it might still not happen. Yeah. Yeah. Again, you, you already observed that uh, people were really playing their role. 
so scripting it in sounds like a natural thing to do. Yeah. If you see that no. people are enjoying having fun, uh, right. playing their role, and they might enjoy playing this. I know I do sometimes yeah. play <laughs> to play uh, somebody that does some concert. But, uh, Absolutely. It's, it's, it's fun. What, 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 what for you personally were the things you um, learned from facilitating this thing? Yeah, I, I just, uh, I, I think, um, yeah, it was I, it would, a bit eye-opening for me how quickly the group were, were able to self-organize into a cohesive unit. Um, yeah, I mean, I was like, okay, Game Without Thrones, it seems like it's really chaotic and it's going to re require a lot of facilitation and hand-holding and things like that. And I didn't see that, you know, happen. In both sessions, I had a co-facilitator. Um, um, in the first session, the co-facilitator ended up having to play the, a role on one of the squads just because we only had eight people and he was a ninth. In the second session, my co-facilitator is now part of um, the Xcale community, uh, Michael Franz, and he was able to just observe. And it was through those observations that helped give me some further insights into the difficulty people face with autonomy. You know, just be, hey, you have the power, you decide, okay, well, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> Tell me what to do, you know, kind of thing. And, and led to my, my um, uh, blog uh, entry uh, on my site on the difficulty that some people face, many people face with autonomy. It's a fear. It's like, oh, shit, I got to make the decisions here. You know? um, people are depending on me, even though it's a game, take some of the um, danger, the fear away. It's still, still a visceral response to autonomy. As a, as a facilitator, um, did you, I think it's an interesting observation you make that you, you noticed that you did not have to do that much facilitation. Uh, at all, I think that that's that is that is interesting. So, I mean, I had to do some here and there, but you know, um, the first group was certainly easier to facilitate than the second group. A smaller number of people. The second group, I feel that because I was kind of lulled into, uh, oh, this is not that hard to do. I missed some critical facilitation moments that I could have been more involved right and especially with the treaty stuff um but still i think that the game the way it's laid out with the, the sessions um the the, uh, the five minute segments uh and the animated slideshow um it really lends itself to it's not that difficult to facilitate really yeah, yeah. and so the what, what you would say specific attention to, like you said earlier, was uh, the, 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 cycle, the cycles, they, they work for themselves, uh, but especially the treaties, now those are brought back to the, uh, to the squads and ratified, uh, that that think, process is in place in the first yeah. round. Yeah, I think the key facilitation notes is at the beginning, at the end of each cycle, is to remind them what the cycle is for. Hey, this is what we're going to be doing. Now go do it. And then during the cycle, be there uh, to observe and assist and help with 
um, if, if there are doubts as to what they're supposed to be doing. The chapter meetings people got right away. That was no big deal. People understood what they were supposed to do. They were supposed to, you know, the, the charts are laid out with learnings, observations, and da -da, whatever the thing, you know, the features that they were proposing, features and treaties. Um, and so it was easy for them to sort of come up with what those things are. Uh, and they only had five minutes, and so they, they had a clock, and, and it was important to have a clock visible, you know, in the room uh, to make sure that people are aware of how much time they have left. And at the end of each cycle and the beginning of the next cycle to remind them, okay, did you do this? Were you able to get to, a, did you get the features and, uh, and did you propose treaties? All right, the next thing we're gonna do is whatever it is. All right, now go 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 do that and then be there to, to help them uh, through that. Um, and, I, and I think the small councils needed a little bit more help in the beginning. It's like, well, what are we supposed to do? You know, <laughs> um, and why are we all here? You know, that kind of thing, you know. Oh, we're supposed to prioritize features, got it, okay. And remember what we're doing this for, you're thinking of the whole the system, not not the, not your squad, not your team, it's the whole, right, yeah. so. And the, uh, with respect to facilitation, the, the, the rotation for participation in the uh, council, how did that work out? Yeah, so, um, that was fairly easy. People got it. You know, it's like uh, we ha I had to remind them, okay, now it's going to be these roles from these teams. And, okay, now we're going to go one. You know, it's going to be, you know, the next set of roles playing, playing, you know, serving in the council. And um, of course, by the third time through, they, they already knew it. You know, who, who hadn't served in the council yet went, went there. Cool. Very interesting to hear this, um, these uh, observations and uh, uh, learnings. Is there um, uh, anything you would like to uh, leave us with? If, uh, if we were about to uh, facilitate uh, such a game, what would you uh, hope for us or what would you uh, advise us to? Yeah, just um, <clears throat> I would um, <clears throat> run through the deck a few times. Make sure you really understand the um, the exposition. I spent maybe thirty minutes up front, you know, just talking about you know what's going to happen and so on and so forth. Just make sure you're prepared with the right talking points. Um, that you're prepared with. My my first session, I was so embarrassed. Uh, I forgot what X scale stood for. You know, <laughs> of course I know it, but I just forgot in that moment in time. Um, so things like that, just make sure you're prepared to speak through, speak to the slides and speak to the, the progression of the cycles and what this is meant to do and things like that. Uh, make sure you have your story about, um, um, about the game without thrones, right? You know, the whole sort of, Peter Peter does a great job of, of that, and so I had to practice quite a bit, you know, to get even halfway as good as, as his exposition. Um, <clears throat> on the flip side, I think he goes a little too deep, so I was trying to keep it just enough, you know, so that's where my exposition was maybe 25 minutes, 30 minutes max before we started on the game, because I wanted to leave enough time at the end for, um, um, for, for a good debrief, 
And then the other part is to practice, you know, going through the sessions with someone, even if it's just a few people that you, you know and trust just to go through it. So you, you understand how to facilitate and how to go from cycle to cycle. Um, even if you're just going through the motions, you know, um, especially the rotation part. Okay. If I had to do it again, would I do, what would I do different? Um, I, I think just being more explicit about the, um, the treaties, that's really it for me. Yeah, nice, interesting. Could you, could you try to uh, summarize, to, to put an end to this, to this interview, um, the way you saw that the participants uh, left the game? Mm. How did they? Yeah, I mean, first session, um, I think, uh, in both sessions, um, very energized. Um, you know, the coaches in the first session was like, wow, this is really, this could really work for some of our clients, especially the, some of the patterns that we, we um, 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 practiced, right? The leadership as a service, things like that. Um, and actually that's one of the people that contacted me from the first session, just to find out more about leadership as a service and things like that. Um, second session, um, just overall amazement from the group as to how they were able to come together and build a castle in a short amount of time. Refused the the notion of, you know, the what's that? Uh, the forming, storming, I forget who came up with that. Tuckman. Yeah. Tuckman, thank you. The Tuckman model. Lovely. I yeah. think this is a great, a great point to, uh, to stop Kuma also taking into account. Yeah, I'll send you a link to the blog I wrote because it kind oh. of um, uh, summarizes, especially the second session. Yes, um, please do. I'll, I'll write down a short uh, uh, summary of uh, what we've discussed and uh, share it on, um, uh, on Slack. Uh, okay. People who people are interested, they can find uh, your link there as well. Uh, I'll put this recording there uh, also. If you don't. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay, cool. Thank All you right. so much for your time. Yeah, no problem. We'll meet soon. Yeah, hopefully. Take care. Thank you, Kumar. Bye. Bye.